Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. I want to share with you this morning what I tried to share about three weeks ago. Uh, staying strong in difficult times. I'm gonna, anybody here besides me ever have a difficult time? <laughs> Hallelujah. Once a day, every day, all day long, some, some songwriter put it that way. Well, I want to share with you this morning that uh, God has the ability to to cause you not only to survive, but to thrive in the midst of your troubles, temptations, and trials. As a matter of fact, there are three types of trials. Two of them you don't want to be in, and one of them you do want to be in. The Bible says the testing of our faith produces patience. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about there is a test that God puts us through, and that test is to promote us. Say promotion. You know, it's, you're not going to promote somebody that doesn't have the ability to handle what, they're, what you want to promote them to. You're not going to promote an entry-level uh, entry employee to foreman because they don't know what they're doing. I remember one time, um, I'd been in the Navy for, you know, three years, and uh, Ed might know some experiences like this, but uh, you got a guy that's called, in, our, in the Navy, they're called Lieutenant JGs, junior grade. And so what happens is you know what your responsibility is. In my job, if mistakes are made, people can be killed. I, uh, I operated a power plant, 600-pound steam engine, or steam boilers, I, I should say, and uh, I knew what was going on. I knew what, what should be done and what shouldn't be done. There was a, a, G, a JG, a junior grade uh, lieutenant, and uh, what that means is they've gone through college, and so they immediately become lieutenant junior grades. And so they want to impress people with their, with their wonderful knowledge. And so he comes down and he starts telling me what to do. Now, I'm only an e, uh, E4 at this time. And so, uh, but I know what I'm doing. And so he's telling me things. And uh, if I do what he says, we're going to die. So uh, I just said, well, you know, sir, I'm sorry. I can't do that. Well, why can't you do it? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is, is you don't promote people to positions that are not, they're not qualified to handle. And so you, are, you could go through some tests and trials that God puts, puts you into so that you can be promoted. Now, God never puts you anything that's going to kill, steal, or destroy. Some people say yes. Oh. 
I'm just thinking of pet peeves. I gotta, can't go with pet peeves. But you know, uh, you know, uh, one lady told me one time I went to visit her. I used to do nursing home ministries. Not, a, not afraid to do it now, but I did it on a regular basis. And uh, she was a pastor's wife of a particular denomination. And she told me this story. And she said, uh, I can't tell you the story. It's too long. But she said, I don't understand why God gave me that cross to bear. Well, you know what? When you know the truth, the truth will make you free. But you know, not everybody wants to know the truth. And so I went on to tell her the truth. She didn't want to hear the truth, and she didn't want to see me anymore. But you know what? Some things that happen in life are not God. They, uh, if they come to kill, steal, and destroy, they're from the enemy. You say, well, you know, I've learned things in those. Well, God can use anything to learn, learn you. I'd rather learn from the Word. I'd rather learn where the Holy Spirit, that Jesus said the Holy Spirit's your teacher. And if you'll read your Bible and listen to what he says... It's a lot better than going through some of those other trials. Okay, there's another test, another test and another trial. That's the devil. How many of you know the devil puts you through trials? Jesus said, uh, Peter, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you. I'm like, hey, Lord, why don't you just do something? He says, I prayed for you so that when you are converted, you strengthen the brethren. How many of you know that God, even if you fail, you know, Peter failed. He failed by denying the Lord, and the Lord knew that. He told him he was going to deny him. And he says, oh, by the way, Peter, by the time you come around, now I want you to strengthen the brethren. So how many failures do we have here that have failed in the past? God wants you to encourage people that are in the midst of tests and trials that are even in the midst of failure that sometimes even deny the Lord. Oh, you deny the Lord, you're going to go to hell. No, encourage them so that they can come back. Hallelujah. They can come back. There's another type of test that we go through. And that test is the one that we create. It's by stupid mistakes. I don't know, not, none of you do that. But there's tests that we go through because we make stupid mistakes and therefore we have to get out. But you know, even... Even in your stupid mistakes and in your stupid trials, God's still with you. I will be with you in trouble. He didn't say I'll be with you in the, in the trouble and the tests that, that, I, that I encourage. He says, I will be with you in trouble. Thank you, Lord. Well, how do we stay strong in, in tests and trials? How do we stay strong? Well, the first thing I want to say is, is how welcome is God in your life? How welcome is the Holy Spirit in your life? You say, oh, he is welcome anytime. How much time do you make for him? 
How much time do you make for him? Does he get a 15-minute slot every day? Does he get a 20-minute, or does he only get a slot when you're in trouble? Oh, it's awful quiet in this Pentecostal church today. We're not Pentecostal, but anyway. It's awful quiet in this church today. How, how much access does God have to you? Does he take priority over your TV time? That's another, uh, that's another test and trial. You need to turn off the TV every once in a while. You're under stress because you are getting information overload. You're getting too much information. I was just even thinking, Grammy and I were talking about this one time. You know, her, her first husband was killed at the Battle of the Bulge. You know, and she didn't find out that day. Might have been months before she found out. How soon do you think we would find out? You might even see it on YouTube. You might see it because everything that's happening in the world is exposed through the internet. And so sometimes we need to shut that thing off so that we can allow the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, the Lord's done this to me a couple of times, but uh, I used to listen to talk radio and then the Lord told me to turn off the radio. And then, uh, you know, I was listening to podcasts, even Christian podcasts. Somebody say Christian. Good podcast. But you know, the Lord didn't tell me, I just knew. Have you ever gotten the look? <laughs> well, there's two types of look, looks. There's a song I'm going to expose you to from some of you uh, more mature people will remember. The look of love is in your eye. Anybody remember the look of love, the song? For those of you that haven't, I'm sorry. But this wasn't, you, when, you, when I said the look, you were thinking of the evil eye. You were thinking of the eye. I'm getting the eye. Well, God has another type of look. It's called the look of love. And so he, he gave me that look of love, and I knew that he wanted, he wanted my attention instead of the podcast having my attention, instead of this having my attention. And so I just quit, quit listening. And I'll tell you what, you know, there's a peace that comes into your inner man when you cut off some of that stuff. Hey, you can do it. It's not a sin. It's not a sin if you, if you want to listen to some of that. You know, I don't know what you're watching or listening to. Maybe some of it is. But the reality is, is that we need to shut some things off so we give God more of an opportunity to have a space in our lives. And I'll tell you what, to be honest with you, if his peace is a lot, is a lot better than the world's frustration. Thank you, Jesus. I was thinking of two songs this morning. I had to go fill up the tank because 
In Melody's car, if it's at half, it's empty. <laughs> so, so I had to go fill it up. Well, I filled myself up with coffee on the way too, which I hadn't had for a while, so hallelujah. But I'm pretty calm right now, so I'm good. But anyway, the two songs, does anybody remember Mac Davis? Everything is beautiful in its own way. See, the world, he had, you know, and that was during the Vietnam War. And everything's beautiful in its own way. So you know what? We've got to look past the, the issues of the problem and see that there is a hope and there is a future. Now, I'm not going to sing this, but anybody remember Louis Armstrong? Louis Armstrong sang this song, It's a Wonderful World. It's a wonderful world. Hallelujah, we need to see, yes, there are problems. I don't, I don't have my head in the sand. I know there's problems. I know there's issues. I know that, but unless I can see God's hand in what's happening, then I cannot focus on him. It, it is a detraction away. Thank you, Lord. How do we stay strong in difficult times? Well, I'm going to read this scripture uh, it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. What's that mean? That means that God breathes life into scripture. He breathes life into scripture. And I quoted uh, last week the, the scripture that God exalts his word above his name. Well, why would he exalt his word above his name? It is because Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word made manifest. And so the, the Bible is a representation of what God did in the past, what, God's, uh, what God will do in the future. But Jesus ultimately is the Word. And so if we want to know what God, how God interprets the Word, we look at Jesus. Jesus is the interpretation of the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Then verse 14, and the Word became flesh, that's Jesus, and dwelt among us. Thank you, Lord. But all Scripture is given by inspiration. God breathed and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. How many of you want to just be half equipped? You just want to, you know, you only want to go through, you know, uh, I had to go through uh, schools to do my job in the Navy. You know, some, some of it was actually firefighting. The biggest, the biggest threat on a ship is a fire. You could have a hole in the side of your ship that's just gushing water, and you ignore that while you're putting out the fire. You would think, oh, I've got to stop that. No, you got to stop the fire. And then you take care of the water. But the Word of God will equip us if we will read it, if we'll, if we'll allow the Holy Spirit to 
to make it alive. As a matter of fact, the scripture says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I want to live. I want to live, live and let live. I'm just, the anointing must be. I want to live. Well, like the song says, live and let live. Let people, you know, let the life of God allow other people to live. Well, let me just get on with this. Uh, How do you stay strong? By staying strong in numbers. Not the book of numbers. But uh, I looked up, hopefully my phone will cooperate with me. Oh, hallelujah. It didn't. Sometimes you, you bring something up and then when you go back, it's gone. I don't normally preach out of Ecclesiastes, but I do want to uh, draw your attention to Ecclesiastes chapter 4, beginning in verse 9. It says, two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. He says, for if they fall, one will lift up his companion." But woe to him who is alone when he falls. You say, well, you know, uh, you can say, well, I don't trust anybody. If you don't trust anybody, then you're alone. People have hurt me. (laughs) People have hurt me too. People have hurt me that were smiling at me while they were driving the dagger in my back. But believe me, you got to get past that because you need people. You need people, and so you've got to believe that God is your protector. God, you know, my brother called me a couple of years ago, and he said, do you have any friends? Well, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you have any friends? You have somebody you can let your hair down? You have somebody you can kick off your shoes, put up on the couch or the, the thing? Well, I can't kick off my shoes because they smell. Well, your friend would get past that. Your friend would over, he might even say, or they might say, you know, you need to do something about them feet. <laughs> need to soak them in vinegar or something. <laughs> so yeah, sweeten them up. And then another thought came to me. Are you the type of person that can be a friend? Are you the type of person that can, that will lift people up? I heard an illustration a number of years ago. There's two types of people in the world. There are basement people and balcony people. Basement people will always pull you down. Balcony people will always pull you up. Hallelujah. What are you? Are you a... Ah, come on, you recognize... You've got to recognize my face, and sometimes... I'm getting so good looking it don't recognize me. <laughs> I used to say I'm so ugly, but, uh, you know, people rebuked me for that. So 
I just changed it. Hallelujah. Again, uh, he goes on again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. It says, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You know, if you've got a friend, then you've got Jesus in there. Well, somebody might say, just me and Jesus. Well, you know, if you read, you know, a lot of times we make the mistake of reading these promises in the Word of God and thinking they're for individuals. They were, they were for people, groups of people, church. How many of you like that scripture? My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. You like that? That was written to a church, not an individual. Ooh, quiet in here today. There's a lot of scriptures that apply to groups of people. It was applied because the group of people supplied Paul when he was in need. And so he said, well, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. We're talking about being strong in numbers. I want to tell you, you can change. You know, the politicians prom promise change every time, every four years. Do we get change? They take our money and give us the change. I want to keep my guns, my money, let them have the change. Anyway, all right, all right. <laughs> but he says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter, uh, to enter by the blood of Jesus. He said, by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. He said, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Let us draw near. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Let me ask you a question. Do you have, are you fully assured that your faith's going to work? Or that the God who gave you the faith is going to work? Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast our profession of faith. Profession is confession. Let us hold fast our confession of faith without wavering. What is wavering? I believe, I doubt. 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 If you lean too far, you're going to fall. He says, let us hold fast to our uh, confession of faith without wavering, for he is faithful who promised. So your faith is not in your faith. Your faith is in the one who promised, who made the promise. 
He said, and let us consider one another to provoke, uh, to provoke unto love and unto good works. To provoke. I wa- I'm here to provoke you. To love. I'm here to provoke you to love not just yourself, but to love other people. They don't deserve my love. Well, you don't deserve God's love. Come on. How many of us deserve God's love? None of us. So we, we, we receive God's love because you can't love other people if, you're not, if you know you're not loved. You can't give away what you don't have. So let's receive God's love and then give it away. This funny thing in God's, uh, in God's economy, what you give away, you get more of. You think about uh, you think about Laura, you know, if you're if you're on Facebook, she speaks these blessings, blessings, blessings. I'm thinking, man, she ought to be receiving ble- more blessings than she's given out. That's why Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because as you give, that opens the door for God to pour it out on you. Thank you, Jesus. He says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Another translation would say, as you see the evil day approaching. As you see, as you see things coming, it's not time to back off. Some people say, well, when are you going to retire? You don't retire, you refire. You keep throwing more fuel in the fire. Hallelujah. Oh, boy, I wish I had more time. Because I got a, I got illustrations. Hallelujah. Well, this is a familiar scripture. Matthew chapter 11, 25. He says, Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. In other words, if we separate ourselves, if we, if we get away from, from the security of, and the love of the believers, then we open ourselves up to be divided and that house shall not stand. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I don't, there is a scripture which I wanted to mention. It's... Uh, it's found in James. It says, draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. It goes along with what I said earlier about how much, how much are we giving God access to us? Are we drawing near to the Father so that the Father can draw near to us? You know, so many times I think, uh, you know, Christians put up the hand. To God. 
Don't come any closer. I don't need you now. I don't need you now. I remember a skit we used to do um, back when we did skits. It's about uh, it's about uh, somebody in the in their apartment, and Jesus shows up. They're praying, "Oh Jesus, I love you, I love you. Oh Jesus, I I want more of you." And so Jesus shows up, and then while Jesus is there, the the phone rings. They pick up the phone, and uh, somebody invites them to a party. So Jesus is getting ready to go with them. He says, "No, Jesus, you don't want to go with me." But Jesus wants to go with them. No, no, Jesus, you stay here. I'll, I'll be back in a little bit. I'll be back in a little bit. Because they knew that Jesus wouldn't approve of the party they were going to. Then ultimately in the skit, you see him nailing Jesus to the cross so that Jesus wouldn't go. Thank you, Jesus. Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. He, want, he loves you. He wants to spend time with you, but you control the valve. You control, you got your foot on the pedal. Is it in neutral? Is it, uh, is it in idle? Are you in gear and you applying pressure so that Christ has an open door. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we might as well end on something positive, right? How about it? Let's see if I can do it. Another thing that will keep you strong is grace. Thank you, Lord. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace. That is in Jesus. You know, Paul, when he wrote that to Timothy, he was in a test and a trial. And he's telling Timothy to be strong in grace. And the trial that, that, uh, that he was in is that everybody deserted him. Everybody deserted him. And he said, okay, Timothy, be strong in the grace. Also in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Do you know, there's a place where you can get grace. There is a place that you can go to get grace. I go to Cuppies <laughs> to get gas. <laughs> and an assorted other things. But there's sometimes you have to go to a place to get it. And God says to come boldly before the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Are you going to the place? Or are you ignoring the place? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, looking diligently, lest any man should fall short of the grace of God. How do I lose my grace? So, pastor, don't you know you can't lose your grace? Well, you know, I read the whole Bible. I don't just read the promise box. 
Don't worry, I'm going to do my best and be positive. He says, looking diligently, lest any man fall short of the grace, lest any root of bitterness spring up and trouble you, thereby defile many. Unforgiveness kills the grace of God in your life. Unforgiveness kills it. It doesn't mean God. it's not restorable. It can be restored. Hallelujah. Peter was restored and he denied Jesus three times. He says, Lord, I am going, I would never desert you. I would never deny you, even though these other guys will, but I would never deny you. He says, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. You're going to deny me three times, but when you're converted, strengthen your brethren. And what, it, what you know, he, after he rose from the dead, he said, go tell my disciples and Peter. Why? Because Peter was in depression. Even though Jesus rose from the dead, he was still in depression because he denied Jesus. He denied him, and so... Jesus said, go tell my disciples and Peter. But you know, Jesus had to confront him. Have you ever been confronted by Jesus? You've never been confronted by Jesus? Get closer. He says, uh, you know, they're uh, around the campfire. You know that one of the best places for guys is around a campfire. Isn't that right? A woman told me why, but I don't have time for that. But actually, I thought it was a good, a good thing. I'll tell you. <laughs> you know, uh, well, especially, you guys remember back in the 60s and 70s? Guys would not look at each other. They'd be talking to me. You're over. I'd be talking to, to Dean here. Hey, Dean, you want to go with me down to the river? <laughs> and Dean would look the other way. Yeah, man, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> you know, and so she said, when guys get around the campfire, they look at the fire and they talk. But you know, the best talks don't start until after one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> My brother told me this. He said, because the young guys, they just get tired and go to bed. That's when all the, you know, the conversation that doesn't mean anything goes to bed. Because they're still uh, trying to prove their manhood. But you know what? When you're looking into the fire, you can open your heart and be honest. So Jesus has got them around the fire. You know, and he, he actually cooked some, some fish. And so then he, uh, Peter's looking into the fire, and he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter's still looking in the fire. He says, you know I love you, Lord. No, what, no, what Jesus said was, do you love me more than these? Well, remember what Peter said. Peter is there. They all did it. 
They're boasting about how, how faithful they are to Jesus. They all did it. It's just Peter was probably a little more aggressive. He says, Peter, do you, and there's two thoughts on this. One, do you love me more than these disciples? Or do you love me more than these fish I just prepared you? You know, if you want to draw a crowd, feed them. Feed my sheep. If you want to draw a crowd, you just give, put out the food and they come. But Jesus, and what did Peter do later? He said, I'm going fishing. I'm going to go fishing. Jesus said, do you love me more than these? Just a thought. Peter looking into the fire, he says, Lord, you know, you know, will feed my lambs. So Jesus says three times, do you love me? Why did he do it three times? Because he denied him three times. He denied him three times. He was recovering Jesus, or he was recovering Peter out of his depression. Sometimes Jesus has to keep asking you the same question over and over because he has to do it until you will recover from your depression, from your loss. Whatever you're struggling with, Jesus has to point at that and say, do you love me more than these? Thank you, Jesus. Grace. Somebody say grace. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then the next verse says, Be carried, be not carried away with divers, that means different, or strange doctrines. For it is good, it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. It is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Let me ask you a question. How hard are you on yourself? Let me ask you another question. How hard are you on other people? Do you give them grace? Do you give yourself grace? Do you give them grace? I'm almost willing to, I'm almost tempted, well, I'm just going to say it. To the degree that you have grace for yourself is to the degree you'll have grace for other people. It would really be bad if you have grace for yourself and not any for other people. And believe me, that happens. Grace. He said it is good, it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Well, what happens if my heart isn't established? Then I'm wishy-washy. I'm wishy-washy. I'm back and forth. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. No, but if your heart is established with grace, you are sure, no matter what the test, no matter what the temptation, no matter what the trial, you've got it. Because you know that his love never leaves you, never forsakes you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Well, bless the Lord. The clock tells me it's time. It is time. Did you get anything? Well, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we are delighted, Lord God, that we, we control a lot of times the flow of your mercy. We control the flow of your grace. You want, you want to just pour it out on us. Father God, forgive us for the times we've shut you down. Forgive us for the times we say, Jesus, not, you don't want to go with me here. But Lord, you, you are desirous to be with us at every point of the way. Thank you for the grace. Thank you for the revelation. I pray for the Holy Spirit to open every heart, to open every eye to the grace of God. And the grace of God is also the empowerment of God in your life the empowerment. And Father, we just give you praise and thanks and honor and glory in the name of Jesus. Grace, grace is being able to do what you can't do through Jesus because Jesus is doing it to, through you. Do we have uh, the, uh, the, the healing team, ministering team?